Cast. I'm your host, Taylor Jedrzak, and I um, humbly request the Browns to stop doing <laughs> the cardiac thing. Um, I like the wins, but good Lord. <laughs> you know, when, when your dad talks about like the cardiac kids, it sounds like the most fun thing ever, but living it in real time, it's not fun until you win. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a, it's not a fun time, but you know, they, Traded for a kicker, everyone bashed him, and now that kicker has won him, what, three games? <laughs> At least. At least. He's turning into the Mariano Rivera of the Browns right now. Every time you put him in a good position to win, he closes the game for you, baby. Yeah, and unlike last week where that kick kind of looked like it was, it could have faded out, today's kick went <laughs> straight down the middle, no no issues, just right through. Good. Like, you could celebrate as soon as it cleared the line because it wasn't, it wasn't moving. <laughs> Just um, picture perfect. You couldn't have kicked it any better. Yeah, it's it's just and, and it's been it's been batted around a couple times now in discords and the what the what the Browns did today to beat the Steelers is what exactly the voodoo magic that the Steelers put on everyone else to win football games. <laughs> Turns out the formula is just having a good enough defense, and it works. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the. I mean, I don't want that to be the formula. Uh, we're we're going to win a lot of, of course, a lot you of do not want it to games. Be the formula every year, but like we <laughs> understand why they win their games. They do. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the offense wasn't very good today. They 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 only put up two hundred and sixty yards. <laughs> not that's I think might be their lowest total of the year. Um, and it's understandable to an extent, but yeah. yeah. But you know, they they average three and a half yards of play. That's not, that's not good. <laughs> um, but you know, the defense did what they needed to do. They screwed up, a, they screwed up one play. They screwed up one play the entire game. That was 75 yards of offense for the Steelers. If not for that, they have like 160 yards of offense. So but that's that's how the Steelers have been. It's just propped up by their defense and the voodoo magic. That's pretty much it. Yeah, it's you know it's just it's it's good to be on the right side of that for for once. I, I think I like many people out there. Um, probably when you got to the, the the point where the Steelers were kicking to tie the game. And the Browns came out after they tied the game and immediately went three and out. You 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 kind of get that feeling like, oh, the, the writing's on the wall. I know exactly how this game's going to end. I even put that in the Discord. I know exactly how this game's going to end. And it ended with a field goal just on the, our side. The right team was kicking the field goal for once. Uh, we've been at a lot, so many Steelers games over the years like that where. Ben Roethlisberger will screw around for three and a half quarters. The Browns will be up 16 to 12. And then he'll go on a, a field goal drive to make it 16, 15 with 10 minutes to go. Browns will go three and out and then he'll go down and score a touchdown. And then the Browns will throw a pick six and it'll make it like 30 to 16 in the last t- two minutes of the game. Yeah. It was like the formula we've seen so many times, but the Browns held firm, especially when things got a little dicey in the second half. And they gave Dorian Thompson Robinson an opportunity to ice the game with D Hop kicking the field goal, and that was a that was so I was so happy for D- DTR on that one. 
Yeah. I mean, the Dorian Thompson Robinson was what he needed to be in the first half. He was relatively efficient. He got the ball out. Um, the problem is that the Browns didn't seem to have a response to the Steelers not allowing short passes. Um, I know we talked about it in this court a couple times about how they needed to air the ball out. They never really did. Um, they never once, I don't think, tried to throw through a ball past 15 yards downfield. Yeah, it wasn't until the final drive when DTR unleashed some pretty good throws when he needed it. Yeah. Um, I mean... Some of the some of the stats and the drops and the three and outs and or the the three and outs were due to drops. Um, there was some poorly placed balls by DTR. Um, luckily, none of them were picked. One of them almost was. Uh, the one that was picked I, was a decently placed ball. It just went high. It was high. Yeah, he tried to shove it to a, a mark. Yeah, I mean he's. The um, and yeah, that that was David Njoku had a rough day, uh, probably one of his worst days in a few years in terms of catching the ball. He had been he had been fairly solid of late, being able to you know not have those concentration drops that he had so uh, so often in the early part of his career. Um, yeah, this was like um, like 2017, 2018. Well, I wouldn't say twenty eighteen because. More like 2017, uh, D- David Njoku, where he he would have those focus drops that would drive you nuts. Like that was, yeah. And today he had four. Um, I am glad that they had a that he got a chance at the end of the game to still go out and make a play. Um, they they still trusted enough to throw the, throw the ball to him when they needed ten more yards to kick a good field goal to kick to kick a close field goal. Um. He didn't really give them any reason to trust him, but they did. And he picked up 10 yards and set mm-hmm. up the field goal. Um, the running game was not very good today. It was not very impactful. And they only ran the ball for 96 yards. Cream uh, Hunt was the leading rusher. Cream um, Hunt's the leading rusher, and he has 36 yards. Not a good day. Not, not a great. Um, Najee Harris remains... As good as Kareem Hunt, which is probably not good for Dazi Harris's future. Because when Warren, when Warren looks go. good, good than you, then maybe the, the Steelers should do the right thing and switch that. No, no, I'm I'm completely fine with them keeping <laughs> the trot Nazi Harris out there. Go ahead, do, do your thing. Uh, he's better. He's been better, and this this isn't about um, Nazi Harris, but he's been better this year. But last year. Whenever Joe Mixon was on the field, the Bengals felt less dangerous than when they had Samaje Piran on the field. It's the same exact thing for the for the Steelers now. They feel more dangerous when they have Jalen Moore on the field. When Najee Harris is on the field, he thanks just yeah, uh, like just you're, thanks. You're, you're giving us Give three, a break. three plays. Like Jalen Warren's gonna be a problem for a while. Uh, every year, every couple of years, the Steelers get one of these guys where they're they're just really annoying, but they they fail to use them properly, and then, and then when once the league figures them out, and then the uh, they they finally start using them, and they're not as good. Um, but I don't know the. I mean, just to kind of wrap up the offense, there isn't a whole lot to wrap up. They got they got their job done. 
Um, they they put up 13 points. I said they needed 20 uh, in the Discord at one point. Um, <laughs> they only needed 11, turns out. <laughs> um, but The game probably would have been over if they did get that safety. It would have been 15 to 10 instead of 13. But Well, even if, been, even if Njoku catches that touchdown, the, the pass yes. at the end of the first half. Yes. Then it's it's fourteen nothing at halftime, and the Steelers never even get a chance to tie because they they wait. Hold on, did they even get? I don't think they got to the red zone today again. I think they went in two whole games against the Browns and did not get to the red zone once. I think they got in there once and then they got backed up like thirty yards because Miles planted Kenny in the turf. I'm gonna I'm gonna do quick research on this. It would have been the field goal drive. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. They got they ran they ran exactly two plays on the Browns in the red zone in two games. Wow. <laughs> I mean, and here and what's even better, they got to the red zone. Jalen Warren twelve yard run down to the fifteen. Their next two plays, Jalen Warren for minus two, Kenny Pickett sack for minus ten. <laughs> they got to the red zone and then like. They immediately realized they weren't supposed to be there and backed out. <laughs> they got escorted out. <laughs> Miles Garrett was the the security guard. He he shoved them right out the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean it was third and twenty two. They ran a play seventeen yards down to the ten, but they were kicking a field goal. So I don't. I mean, I guess that might count as a play in the red zone, but they kicked a field goal. So mm, yeah, two, two actual offensive plays in the red zone in two games against the Browns defense. Um, they scored twice on 70-yard touchdowns. Other than that, <laughs> it was yeah, th- three field goals, two defensive touchdowns, and two long touchdowns. That was the, the, the entire scope of their offensive production against the Browns defense this season. Yep, pretty much just they are what they thought they were, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that their offense probably wasn't going to be able to do it. Um, credit to... Dorian, in this sense, is that he didn't ever put the defense in a position where they had to defend a short field. Um, the pick they, that they had, I think they started at their own 23. So um, they, they didn't have any catastrophic turnovers. They only had the one. Uh, I mean, last time they had four turnovers. Two of, them came, two of them came on late fumbles, and then obviously – there was two that were to return for touchdowns. So like that's the difference between the last game and this game. Last game, the the Steelers scored 12 points on offense. This time they scored 10 points on offense. 13 Dorian Thompson Robinson beats both of them. (laughs) (laughs) His 13 points. So um, I I do think that we are going to have to have discussions this week. And and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of, Plenty of uh, witty banter on Sports Talk Radio. As there always is. <laughs> about whether or not this offense is good enough going forward. Um, I mean, you're going to – this will probably be what it will look like it for the rest of the year probably. Like you're going to – it's going to be a struggle because obviously Dorian is a rookie, fifth-round rookie, and like it obviously without Chubb and – Obviously, you're having a platoon of different running backs trying to gain yards. It's going to be a struggle. And, like, yeah, 
like the sports talk, like callers and radio hosts, they're going to spin, they're going to drive themselves crazy to, about the same topic, even though deep down, though, they'll, they'll pro, well, we all know that the offense is probably not going to be as good as we want it to be because obviously the problem exists. No, at this point, we got duct tape and band aids holding this shit together. <laughs> yeah, with silly string and just like, we're, 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 it's we're working it on the fly. Kevin is working it on the fly. Yeah, I mean, maybe the the longer the longer he has with DTR, maybe that duct tape turns into some flex seal, <laughs> and we yeah, can maybe saw that final drive gives him the confidence to like maybe throw it down the field more. Which yeah, like, I mean, he was I, going I, for like his first, second, third read, and it felt like he was just being conservative because some of what Kevin was telling him to do. Some of that definitely felt like that was the plan was to get the ball out quick so that we can't, we don't let JJ Watt wreck the game. And I mean, he had a sack, but other than that sack, what did he really do? Like, um, yeah, they did a good job of nerfing uh, TJ. So if that was the plan, they definitely, that definitely w- worked in their favor. For yeah, I mean, he had six tackles, one sack, but other than that, I mean, his took sack, him out of the game. His sack, was, his sack was the only sack that the Steelers, the, the Steelers had all day. Highsmith was, I mean, he had six tackles, but he didn't feel like he impacted the game the same. Like neither of those guys impacted the game the same way that they did the first time these two teams played. And if the Steelers formula is going to require those two to make spectacular plays to offset an offense that, I mean, we all know Kenny Pickett is bad, but he got outplayed by a fifth-round rookie quarterback in his first real start. It, yeah, he threw almost 70 yards more than Kenny Pickett. <laughs> like, yeah, and he looked better doing it. Like, Kenny Pickett was running for his life. He threw two passes that were to no one. That deep ball late in the game, I thought could have been called grounding because I didn't see anyone within twenty <laughs> yards of that pass. You're right. It 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 looked like he just sh- like heaved it downfield with no plan. That it, I totally agree with that. Yeah, like I mean, if the Steelers want to stick with this route, be my guest. Yeah, as a Browns fan, I will take the Kenny Pickett. Uh, give, give, you know what? Give him the Burrow contract. Let him stay there forever. <laughs> He's worth it. He's worth it to everyone else in the division, right? Oh, of course. And especially if they're going to be this mediocre forever because that's what Tomlin teams do. They're never going to figure it out anyway. So I'll definitely take Kenny Pickett for the next 10 years. Yeah. I mean, this... The Bengals' defense is not the Browns' defense, but this is their... Next week is their life-or-death moment. Um, yeah, if they, if they lose to Browning... <laughs> Good luck. Steelers. Well, it's kind of both. Like Pittsburgh isn't going to be able to come back from. They have some tougher games left on the schedule. They're not going to be able to come back from six and five. I don't think. Um, and the Bengals aren't going to come back from five and six. So, yeah, that, well, especially with Joe Burrow out, that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, hero ball is ain't, ain't saving you now. No, and we're gonna we're gonna see what a week of Jake Browning looks like. Um, but. I mean, the Bengals are probably out of it. The Steelers, eh, they're going to voodoo their way to nine wins, probably. Uh, yeah, maybe find that, get that final spot. Who knows? Yeah. It is, it's the Steeler way. Yeah, but obviously the story of today was the the defense. Once again, they they went out and did their job. I mean, they they knew what they were facing with the offense. I'm sure that they were coached on it. That like 
we're not going to probably not going to put up a lot of points on offense today. Uh, <laughs> obviously, we're going to try, but we're we're going to also play an offense where we're trying not to lose. Yeah, this turned into possession warfare. It pretty much was like we're going to try to take the yards we can, and if not, we're going to punch punt as far as we can to make you show us you can get down the field. And if not, we're going to we'll we'll play this game with you that you want us to play. Yeah. I mean, this is we took we took the 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 script that the the Steelers operate with and said this is ours now and let's see if you can deal with with a taste of your own medicine for once. Like the Styles makes fights like analogy where it's like the fighter has the exact style as the other. So they know all the tricks, all the ways to get under your skin. It's like, it's that type of deal. The Browns just basically play, pulled out the Steelers playbook, probably had their film and said, we're going to do this to them and we're going to see how they feel about it. Yeah. I mean, and you know, credit to Bajorquez today. He had a couple, like one bad punt, uh, but he averaged 47 and a half today. <laughs> he punted the ball eight times. Not what you want. He down three within the 20. That is what you want. And he had a long of 65. Um, I, I, I did put this in the Discord. I do think that Dustin or Corey Bajorquez is having a Pro Bowl season. Um, a very underrated Pro Bowl season. Like, uh, like, I would say so because he's made so many big punts in certain situations to set up the defense when they need that field position. And he's been so helpful this year. Yeah. I mean – he almost got them two points today uh, with the safety, two safety attempts. Um, he did get them seven points in Indy a few weeks ago. Um, I think there's been others. I don't have that off the top of my head, but he's he's done what he needs to do. Last year was shaky, um, and this year is much better. Like I'm glad that they brought him back um, and. I'm glad that we've been able to put the bed put put to bed the debate we had in the preseason of is Corey Bajorquez the problem with the holding? That felt so flimsy. Like I get, well, I, I get anytime, why this, anytime you're trying to judge holding, it's a flimsy argument because no one here has ever, very few people have ever held a field goal. So. Yeah, like nobody understands the no, no people don't understand field goal kickers to begin with. When you're trying to figure out something you don't know. Maybe the obvious thing is the problem. Blame the kicker. It was always the kicker. Look what's happened with Hop and and Corey. They've been just fine. Yeah, I that we've completely we we traded for we we traded one sixth round pick or whatever we did, and we completely fixed our kicking situation. Um, <laughs> turns out all we needed was a guy who had never really made a fifty yard field goal. <laughs> and then he works with Bubba and must have hit the the leg room this off season because now he's got that leg strength. Yeah, he's seven of seven from fifty plus. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Pro Bowl seasons, Dustin Hopkins deserves a, a look. Shout out know. to him. I don't know. Shout out to D Hop. I don't know if he'll get it. Real D Hop. I think it's going to be on on um, the Browns fan vote to get the special teamers in, but they deserve it. Um, yeah, with how the city loves like special teams players and just like the like they will definitely vote them. They will do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it's it's just another great day for the defense. They 
individual performances. I'm going to pull this up real quick to see. I mean, obviously, Miles Garrett did his thing again. <laughs> two sacks. Uh, did they get him for two? Yeah, they got him for two sacks. 13 now. Definitely yeah. the defensive player of the year leader, I would say. Delpit and JOK, seven tackles. Oboe, 20, or, uh, uh, seven tackles. Four tackles for loss, which is insane. New dad strength, baby. Yeah. Just had a kid recently, and like he was rocking the baby and everything. Shout out yeah. to him. Yeah. First time right. father, it sounded like. Four tackles. Oh, the Browns had nine tackles for loss. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Nine, nine tackles for loss, three sacks. I think those count differently. <laughs> but it just, I mean, the defense continues to do what it has to. Um, we we came into the day knowing that that was going to kind of be what it was. And I hope you bet the under. <laughs> <laughs> the under was free money. And the under was like 35. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't expect much. We shouldn't have expected much. <laughs> no, I mean, it would have, like, if there's any criticism for the offense, they could have buried this game in the third quarter. Um, they they got the ball two straight possessions in Steelers' territory and put up no points in those in those possessions. That's true. This game probably could have gotten a lot less interesting if they just got five, ten more yards instead of going backwards in those possessions. Yeah, I mean, even even getting to field goal range and letting Hopkins kick field goals and making it 16-7, like, that puts you out of range. <laughs> yeah, in the weird football math, it would be, like, insurmountable because, like, eight points for the Steelers is hard to come by. <laughs> yeah, you're asking the Steelers to score ten points. Ten more points than the seven they already had. Mm-hmm. And, we, and as we saw, they couldn't. They couldn't even get past the fifty unless Warren was running the ball. At this point, at this point, they need to call Kirk Ferentz and ask how Iowa is doing it, and they need to get a better punter <laughs> because the punter isn't very good. It might as well have been a Big Ten game. So yeah, Iowa would have probably been helpful. <laughs> I mean, Iowa tries to look like the Steelers, but I think now the Steelers are just trying to look like Iowa. <laughs> Which is so ironic because they have the same uniform combination. Oh, except well, that, that that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Iowa decided to be the Steelers in the seventies and they, they never gave up the charade and now they, <laughs> they have morphed into the same entity. It seems. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. <laughs> but, um, it's, and there's not a whole lot to say about what the, the defense did, uh, aside from this is exactly what you should do to Kenny Pickett. Like now, I would like them to not give up so many rushing yards. Uh, it's obviously bolstered by a 74-yard run for a touchdown. That would, I mean, without that, they have 98 yards of rushing. So it's it's not it's not where you want to be because they did average six and a half yards a rush today. Um, even without that, I think I'm, I'm going to quick math here. Uh, if I could do math correctly, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> they they still average almost four yards a run um, without that long one. So you'd like to be better. Uh, obviously, the Steelers have been better at running the ball lately, and probably because of Warren, because he provides a different look than uh, Najee. Yeah, I mean some of the, some of that was they were playing really bad defenses too. Um, but you know they still. They have they ran for 172 yards and didn't break 300 yards of offense. So, 
at some point they're going to have to make the move. Uh, like they have to realize that they are not a dumb organization. Like all of us have to realize that they are not a dumb organization. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. And historically, they aren't, but it seems like they're just more stubborn right now. Than well, that, that's a very Mike Tomlin thing. He doesn't like to make rash decisions, but like which which makes sense. Like Tomlin has has the cred to be, be patient, but I I would understand. I, I don't know. Like at some point, you're either gonna ruin Kenny Pickett, which again, be my was guess. Was he ever ruined? Was this always just him? Let's be honest. At some point, you're going to have to make the decision between Kenny Pickett and Matt Canada. And you're tied to Kenny Pickett a lot longer than you're tied to Matt Canada right now. That's true. And so. apparently this is his last year in terms of his contract. And the dealers are famous for not firing guys. They just let them do finish their contract and go away. That's pretty much how they operate. Yeah. Well, and they need to do something. <laughs> yeah. They need. I mean, again. Completely happy with them sitting on their hands and saying, "Ah, oh, no, we're good. We'll win games like this. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We're we're six and three. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we're still in the playoff hunt. We're six and four. We've won seven. We won six games, and we'll figure it out. Like let this let this nine and eight probably lets this parade continue. Um, but I feel like we've talked more about how bad the Steelers are. It's so unavoidable, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we watched we watched the game, and the the two two offenses seem like mirror images of each other. Uh, the Steelers are able to produce more ru- running ability because I feel like the Steelers' entire defensive philosophy was we're going to make sure that the Browns can't run the ball very well, and we're going to see what this quarterback has. And in the first half, they've realize that he only really has quick stuff because they don't want to let JJ Watt or TJ Watt ruin the game. Ruin the game. So when they came out of halftime, that quick stuff all went away. And I'm glad that DTR never made that kind of catastrophic decision to throw late on an out route and have it get returned for a touchdown. I will. I would be lying if I say I didn't have that vision when we took the ball when we started with that last possession with a minute and something to go. I would be lying if I said that vision did not cross my brain that Joey Porter Jr. was going to take one to the house because. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of had somewhat of a weird feeling, but luckily it was just like he he made the right plays when he needed to. Yeah, and those feelings come from. Years and years of all of this shit happening. Trauma. Like, all of these things happened. Um, so we have 
this team this year has has broken it, broken it so wide open that they don't have that expectation anymore. Like they're not beholden to the same issues that the Browns, the Browns fans are in terms of feeling like um, we're jaded in a way. Yeah. And I I could, and it probably was that way for 20 years because it wasn't a feeling there was probably insecurity even within the organization for a very long time, because let's be honest, they're kind of self-conscious and they kind of let those things kind of bleed in. And it seems like with Kevin this year and it's, and, and with a, a B, they kind of were starting to build this over time, but the leaks would happen because they hadn't, hadn't had that, sh- that foundation that they were building. But this year it feels like everything that they've been building towards has finally started to like with green briar right? and with building team camaraderies that no matter what, they can still be winning games despite the fact that they lost their quarterback, lost their right tackle, lost Chubb, shout out to him, he was at the game, and lost all these key pieces, and yet they're 7-3 and three and can still find a way to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the th- this is the kind of team that changes a culture, and you just got to keep... Uh, <laughs> you got to keep building on it. Like, now you're going on the road for two straight weeks. You're going to you're going to practice in Cleveland, and for this week you're going to go to Denver play that game. Who knows what Denver is? I think we'll learn more about where they are next or tomorrow night or tonight. Whenever tonight that game is tonight, um, we'll learn more about where they are. They've been playing better of late, but I I don't know how much of that is they're not playing good teams. Obviously, they beat the Chiefs, but. Um, it's not like they're winning games going away. <laughs> they they beat the Packers, who aren't very good. They beat the Chiefs, who are good. And then they beat the Buff- the Bills, who... What are they? <laughs> I don't know what the Bills are. What are the Bills? Who are the Bills? Why are the Bills? Yeah, the Bills game is on as we're recording this, and they only lead 6 nothing against the Jets, who are employing Zach Wilson still. I mean, they still have a good defense, but, like, they should be... They should be murdering them, you know? Yeah, I mean, the Jets did win this game last time, but it was mostly because I think the Bills, they didn't, just shoot, they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They put the gun directly to their calf and kept blowing their calf muscle off. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. That, that, that game's going to be weird. I think that probably the, the Browns would have been favored going there had they had Deshaun Watson... Um, now, I don't know. You're going to need to see more out of the offense. Um, yeah, it might be more so a coin flip game depending on how it goes. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we need more out of DTR. And hopefully with the reps, he he'll get more confidence in what he's doing. Cause like you could see in spurts where he kind of took the conservative route. Yeah, like at both of the end of the halves, when they he didn't have time to think about things between plays, he just had to go out and react. He was good. He made good throws. None of the throws on that last drive were off target. He had yeah, had a bunch of off target. Yeah, he had had a bunch of off target throws before that drive, and all of a sudden that last drive, he wasn't missing anymore. So. Yeah, and we know with Kevin, he'll give you the answers. The, the the way he structures and schemes the offense, there will be answers for him if he just hit makes the throws he needs to make. 
I, I do wonder if they're going to go back to the um, some of the the running stuff that they did in the first half with him. I'm surprised they went away with from it. Maybe it's because they had so many third and long, second and longs in the first half in the second half that they couldn't really utilize that the same way. Um, but like he has time to improve. They they have two games against teams that they. Sh- they definitely are better than the Rams. The Broncos are weird right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have those two games before they come back and play Jacksonville in the first week of December. Second that'll weekend. be more of a tougher game. Yeah, but you know this defense at home is really pretty really good. good. <laughs> yeah, and in Jacksonville, I don't think they've had a had to play in weather at all ever. So. Yeah, no, and they're kind of in that weird space where I feel like they are the Titans, except they're in Jacksonville. They're kind of like paper champions in that way. So I mean, they did kick the crap out of the Titans today, so like they're better than the Titans. They are the new Titans. They basically took their spot. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, they're not a bad team. Uh, I don't, I don't think that they're a true contender. Um, that, now. That's kind of more so what I mean. They'll, they'll they'll win games, and because of that division, they'll definitely win games. Not sure what they'll be in the playoffs, but they'll definitely win games in the regular season for sure. Yeah, I mean, we we talked we talked about it. I think forget it if it was yesterday or Friday. We were talking in the private side of the Discord about what we needed to do the rest of the season, and my only comments were just get to ten, <laughs> just get to ten wins. It doesn't matter how, just yeah, get to I, ten. And I now, think what I said was like they have to at least play 500 ball, and that, in that way they can get to 10 wins easily because they just they like if they they if they trade win losses the rest of the way that's 10 wins right there. Yeah. Well, actually, what if they? I don't know. Um, yeah, I think from from this point, yeah, it would be. They have they have seven games to get three wins. One of those games is against the Bears. One of those games is against the Jets, and I mean, Aaron Rodgers is still doing whatever Aaron Rodgers is doing. He sounds like and he's then you have play. the Bengals without Burrow, so that's probably an easier matchup than it usually is. Somehow, yeah, I, I gotta imagine if the Bengals roll off a couple losses, um, they might start looking at, at at that game. Like, why are we playing Jamar Chase? <laughs> One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> yeah, like. I mean, they have a tough schedule, so uh, they could very well roll off a couple losses here and and just be out of it by the time we see them in the second week of January. Mm-hmm. So, like, is Jake Browning going to beat the Jaguars? Probably not. Is Jake Browning going to beat the Steelers twice? Probably not. Is Jake Browning going to beat the Chiefs? No. No. <laughs> so... Yeah, the Steelers are gonna straight up not have a good time for the rest of this year. <laughs> the the Bengals, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean the Colts are weird and the Vikings are weird, but I don't know. Uh, like like that game kind of got added to the should win column when Burrow went down, and like you have no excuse to lose to Jake Browning unless whoever's playing quarterback at the time it could be DTR, could be fucking Joe Flacco. <laughs> 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 That's not out the realm of possibility. He did. He didn't sign, but he's still lurking. Joe, Joe Flacco playing quarterback for the Browns is is some Madden nightmare shit. 
It's like it, it's like it's like Shaq Celtic. Like no wait, Celtic Shaq. That's what it feels like. You just you don't know how he ended up on the Celtics, but he's there. <laughs> oh, Shaq played for so many of those teams at the end of his career that it's un, it's, un, it's almost unfair to single out the the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, the it was the Suns, the Celtics, the Cavs, the Cavs. <laughs> <laughs> like he was all over the place at the end of his career. He's he's like his NBA career like ended like how his uh, commercial career ended. He just does everything. Yeah, <laughs> he just went everywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, like, again, the Browns are just doing what they need to do. Like, this is this is what you need to do the rest of the way. You're gonna you're gonna have to win ugly now, which is kind of kind of on brand at this point. Like, if imagine where this team would be if they had their full complement on offense right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is true. That like, is true. you don't lose Nick Chubb, you don't lose that Steelers game the first time. If you don't have, if you have Nick Chubb, you don't lose the Seahawks game. <laughs> like, yeah, like the fact that they've been able to survive without their security blanket and be able to, mo- for the most part, still run in the top. Like, they're still either top ten or top five in rushing. Still, like, credit to Kevin. Credit to him. For what he's done, basically surviving while everything's falling apart around him, and that feels like that's been his tenure because he's been under fire from COVID. It seems like, and he's found a way. Yeah, this team, this team is unlike anything that we've seen in a while. Though this, this is a level of resilience that might even surpass going to Pittsburgh without your head coach in the playoffs. That's true. At least, at least with the. At least with that playoff game, they still had their complement of weapons. They only had to really replace was their alignment. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're kind of just playing the schedule game the rest of the way at this point. <laughs> like, beat the teams you have to beat. Like, I don't think the expectations are to make a deep playoff run anymore. But like, find a way. Just let's see. Way. Let's see what DTR becomes over the next seven weeks. He could become serviceable like today might have just been look we're, we we don't want you to get eaten by J, by tj watt or alex highsmith like we want you to live through this game yeah, we want your confidence to regardless. live through this game <laughs> yeah it's a tough matchup regardless so if that was their plan kudos they they found a win and they got it yeah and dewan jones should be back healthy next week not um, rotating with hudson which luckily wasn't it could have been a disaster. Uh, luckily, it wasn't because, you know, it, but that's kind of been how this team has been playing. They yeah. find ways in unconventional ways to keep winning. Yeah. The Broncos' run defense is actually awful. So um, that, that'll that be probably more of a, a strategy for next week. Um, but we'll, we'll get to next week. Next week, I think. It's important to just enjoy these wins. I mean, they're seven and three. They were seven and three in 2020. They made the playoffs. Uh, they went four and two down the stretch because uh, that back then, back then, it was three freaking years ago. Back then, we only played 16 games. <laughs> okay, old man. <laughs> back in my day, back before I was 30, we only played 17 games or 16 games. <laughs> yeah, back in my day, we didn't play deep into January unless it was playoff football. Yeah. So, three more wins. Three more the wins. The AFC is going to kind of, I'm not going to say crumble, but the AFC is going to beat itself up around you. Get three wins. Find three wins. 
Yes. Find a way. Just today was important. You needed four wins before today. Now you need three. Yeah. This was a stepping stone. This is the first. You need more importantly. More. more importantly, you kept yourself alive in the division. So if the Ravens have all hell break loose from Tomlin's voodoo dolls, <laughs> like you're still in play for the division as well. Um, I mean, the Steelers remain in play because who knows what the Browns are going to be going forward? Because the the Browns might be the only team that can employ their their bullshit tactics and win other than the Ravens. The Ravens were probably able to do it as well. That's true. So, like, the AFC North is just built like that. They just know how to play nasty. Yeah. And, 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 their superpower. and most importantly this season, I think what everyone in the division is realizing and everyone outside, but everyone nationally should also realize is that the Browns are finally – after 20 years, a member of the AFC North, they are able to play these kind of games and win them. That that should be taken into account too, because for a lot of years, it felt like we were just there existing kind of like as the awkward stepchild that nobody liked. When, when, in, when in reality, we're the, actually the, the godfather of like all of these teams. <laughs> <laughs> None of these teams exist without the Browns. Which is so weird when you think about it. It's like the only team that's an original member is the Steelers, and everybody is just the Browns. Like, like yeah, weird, the, the Steelers like, were in the NFL before the Browns, so the 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 Browns technically joined the Steelers in that division. But the other two teams in this division are created as directly as results of Art Modell. Yeah, like <laughs> if 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 we can go into like infidelity, like it felt like like the dad who. Uh, like ha- <laughs> who got with another family, created another family, and then you're just awkwardly being the half the half sibling, and you don't you don't know how it happened, but you know it happened. The Bengals are a child of divorce, and the Ravens are the child of the second marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, thank you for bringing that analogy home. <laughs> and the Steelers are the guy next door. Like, what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> Yeah, my neighbors are weird. What is going on? We're just winning Super Bowls. What the heck's going on over there? And they're still the ones that has the, that use the word yins. Yins. That isn't even a word. Okay, we have we have we have gone way off path here. Um, hey, do you have anything else to add about today? No, I think I'm good. I'm just going to celebrate this win, man. Yep, I think that's kind of where we're at. We just take the wins for what they are. Uh, don't think too hard. Just enjoy it. You know, deep down, every win's gonna count. Uh, gonna be hard. So just enjoy every win for what it is, man. Yes, yeah. we best have advice. we have plenty of time this week to to dissect whether or not this offense is gonna work. Yep. It's, it's so a mat, it's a matter of just enjoying. Like you went out and beat the Steelers. You've now in the Stefanski era. You've now beaten the Steelers three out of four times in Cleveland. And we've been screaming from the hilltops to have any semblance with the Steelers for a long time. I know pe- some people don't like Kevin, but you got to swallow your pride on this one, man. He's done, done it more so than the other Browns quarterbacks in, in the last 20 years. So he's been doing it. Yeah. I mean, this this team has what it takes to go still go out and win games. Like, this defense is good enough that they could still win their next – two games and come back to Cleveland nine and three to play the Jaguars. Is that the light? Is that the betting likelihood right now? Probably not. Um, but 
it could happen. So let's just we're 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 figuring things. This entire team is just going to be figuring things out. The offense, anyway, is going to be figuring things out as they go. And today it did worked and didn't, and then worked again late. So it just got to find ways to make it work a little more consistently. Yep, just got to find a way. That's that's the motto: find a way, find a way to ten. Yep. All right. Well, we will be back later this week. Um, oh shit. This is Thanksgiving. When are we going to do this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Thursday's Thanksgiving. That's right. Uh, we, might, we might have to do this pod on Wednesday. We will figure that out. But um, we will. Time flies, man. I didn't. I just. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We will have something ready for uh, for, for this weekend. Um, another big game. So uh, for Matt Milner, I am Taylor Dederzak. And the, this has been another mildly successful episode of Brownscast. Go Browns. Go Browns. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains... We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.